Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Bears fans, to this Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook download the app use promo code chgo when you sign up what's going on everybody will dewitt nicholas moriano here for a chgo audible day a bi-week special at that and nick i felt good that i didn't have to go and dive into multiple into like opponents this week like we have every single week and then you gave me the assignment of hey look at the next four opponents for one episode uh, you're tricky uh, i'll give you that you know, we're, it's a general kind of look, not the deep dive that we usually do on the preview shows, Will. So gives us something, I guess, to look forward to after this bye week. But, you know, we, we need to take advantage of this because we have been going nonstop since training camp. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is like that mini buy after Washington. But, yes, it's a, it's a general overview. So we won't get too deep into the weeds. But come next week, next Thursday, you know you'll have your, your deep, in-depth preview like we always do it. Yeah, so later on in this episode, we're going to look at the next four opponents and kind of identify some lessons that the Bears can learn in these games, whether it be about themselves, how these opponents, because as you know, they're pretty good other than the Lions. Three opponents combined for a 30-6 and record, by the way, between the Eagles, Vikings, and Bills. Very, very tough stretch for the Bears, but it's a good thing because the Bears have to learn some lessons if they want to contend next season. I love bi-week shows, Nick. They're a little bit more lax take a breath and honestly like you said we've been talking about games so consistently it's good to kind of take a step back and start identifying some of these elements before the offseason officially begins other than that you've had a good week before you kind of officially jump in enjoying uh, i saw you streaming some games last night mr moriano yeah yeah it's trying to trying to do something with that will uh maybe just to play some video games while i can during the during the bye week but yeah if you're into call of duty or if you like God of War, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm not very good at either one of them. And I honestly, I think I need to restart uh, God of War because I don't even know what's going on. It's been so long since I've actually played. But yeah, what about you, Will? What have you been up to? Oh, just hanging out with the family, doing more baby things. And we'll talk about some plans. I know it's one of our questions we got in Discord yeah. for the bye week. But yeah, nothing crazy. Tinkering with my Madden franchise. Uh, what We're 11 years in the future now. We simulated the first 10, just have a whole new world. Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the entire league, by the way, in 10 years, according to my Madden simulation. Does he play for the Bears? 
No, he's on the Chiefs. Oh. It's weird. Oh, it's weird. Uh, but that's just kind of is, is Matt Nagy the head coach? <laughs> no, <laughs> he is not. And they still play at Soldier Field, although like every other team I feel like I've played in their stadium have built like one of those generic Madden stadiums over the last decade. It's been an interesting experience to to say the least. But real quick, before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know that you're invited to come hang out with us before the Bears take on the Eagles next week for another CCO Bears tailgate. Come out, hang out with us, get some Green Ridge Farm meats. You get some all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink, some Goose Island beer. We'll be there too. And you get, like I said, you get to hang out with us before the Bears game versus the Eagles, play some football with us. I know Nick, he's been keeping his arm loose uh, over there because he was slinging it all over, uh, the, I guess, the lot in which we do our tailgate. And it's just a lot of fun to hang out with us, other fellow Bears fans. And did you just go grab a football? Is that what I saw? There I it did. is. It just, it was- was just out of reach like i rolled so like damn it (laughs) but yes i i'll bring this one next time it's actually like a legit size i was i was singing around like a a tiny football so it made me look a lot better than what you're giving me credit for will (laughs) so we will in one will inflate this football with the the regular air that should be in here and then we'll see what i can do but definitely come out it's you know it's probably gonna be a cold game but hey it's bears eagles why not have a you know a fun time before the game and hang out with a bunch of the people that you listen to and watch here at CHGO. Yeah, all-inclusive ticket, really good deal. I've actually seen similar like events of like Tailgate or Unsolder Field that start at like $900, Nick, which is in- crazy. Like ours is, I for- it's like, what, 50, 60 bucks, maybe 100-ish, 90-something. If you park there too, it's what a mm-hmm. deal. And again, all you can eat, all you can drink, definitely come hang out with us. I saw a cool question in the chat I wanted to ask you from Nomad. Which one of those Jays? Back there's your favorite, favorite real quick. Ooh, here, Nick. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So I got the ones that you gave me mm-hmm. right, right here. And though, and then I got the ones that Stephanie got me. So I'm in a pickle here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love both. Those are, those two are my favorite ones. I, I can't pick one over the other. Obviously uh, you give me those. And then Stephanie, like they're both amazing. They're both Jordan ones. And I'm going to leave it at that because I can't get in trouble too, too much trouble if I leave it. At that answer. Yeah, you're right. You can uh all I heard was mine listed first multiple times. So <laughs> I'm gonna read between the lines. And you didn't choose one explicitly, but wink wink. We know. All right, because that leads us actually into like the first thing that I saw that you threw up in our notes too, because you like some shoes. And apparently Justin Fields likes himself some bling, huh? Apparently, I was just scrolling through uh Instagram and seeing the stories, and Justin Fields popped up on there. I'm like, what is Justin? posting about and you could see that he's got some new jewelry that he's going to be rocking around maybe Hallis hall hopefully he does not wear and he wouldn't do it he wouldn't wear that in the game but that now that i think contends with what taco charlton is uh rocking around his neck with his taco chain because that right there will that thing looks freaking expensive yes it does it does it is it worth more than we make in a year combined i was Yes, I'm going to go with, I don't know, man. I, I've never rocked it. I have like gold chains that I got from my grandfather, but that, uh, it might, it looks, it looks hefty too. If you were to throw that at somebody, you'd, you'd do some serious damage. Yeah, no, it looks, I mean, it's really cool looking by the way, the one, and like you said, how much is it worth in my notes? I was like 10,000, no, 20,000, no. And I just put help me because I have no idea what jewelry costs maybe sarah or producer if sarah if you have a good idea maybe by looking at it you feel free to hop on and set us straight but nick all i know is that 
he's rocking it. It looks awesome. And maybe Taco coming into the building, seeing that necklace every day kind of inspired Justin to get that one. Probably not. That looks like it was in the works for a long time, like a custom built one for him. And uh, I'm sure, like you said, it, it definitely was not cheap. Yeah, no. And I, we have Sarah commenting right here. My guess, mm. my best guess is 20 thousand okay hey, may, maybe um but yeah now that i think about it, i'm trying to is if there's anybody else that's rocking some some jewelry in, in the bears locker room I, not off the top of my head I, I can name somebody but i know obviously tacos is the one that uh pops in my pops in my head right now but you know i don't know if anyone's gonna be beating number one if you do it's it's gotta i don't know it's gotta be something special She's uh bumped it up now. It's the twenty thousand to fifty thousand dollar range. See, that's what I was doing. I just kept moving it up the more I thought about it. I really appreciate it, Sarah. Thanks for helping us. And wait, is this is this is this true from Brady down here? Odell wore a one hundred ninety thousand dollar watch in in game one. Uh, What? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Like, why? What? Actually, you know, uh, it was last game. Well, DeAndre Houston Carson had his necklace. It broke. And it was during one of the goal line situations. He actually picked it up after the play was over and like had to pick it up off the ground and went to the sideline holding his his broken necklace. I didn't get a chance to, to see him or talk to him, but that that stuff happens. Like if you're trying to people have been tackled by their hair. Like they're gonna grab mm-hmm. onto anything they can at times, even if they're not trying to, but I don't know, man. It's just not not a smart move to wear that kind of expensive jewelry, uh, knowing what could happen to it in the end. And DHC plays defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, God, give me that. I don't know. Seriously. Wow. So from something explosive around Justin's neck, let's talk about this Bears offense, Nick, because uh, you quote tweeted uh, a tweet about the most explosive offenses in the NFL in terms of offenses that are getting these explosive plays. And that's been a key word for you. You and I really podcasting over the last few years under Matt Nagy and Trubisky like you weren't getting really any of those bottom of the barrel and like what the Bears need more explosive plays and where are they ranked right now in explosive plays Mr. Nick yeah just I mean you know credit to uh, you know uh, the research that goes into finding these explosive plays because it's not the easiest but the Bears are at the top with 99 Will like Mm -hmm. when I saw that you know I obviously Justin feels an explosive play making machine but 68 rushes, 31 receptions, and the rushes are 10 plus, and the receptions are 20 plus, and it's it shows the growth that this offense is taking under Luke Getz, even though it's been been tough at times. But with Justin Fields, like there are those opportunities at Evan at any given play, and then I compared it to last season, 2021, they had 94. So the Bears still have four games left, and they had 54 uh, explosive runs and 40 explosive receptions. So Still, obviously, a lot of time for the Bears to add on to this total, but to be leading the league and being better than the 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 Philadelphia Eagles, that's saying something, Will. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. And uh, when you look at the bottom three, Rams, Bucks, Chargers, if you would have told me that before the season, there's no way in hell I would have believed you that they would have had the least explosive plays in the NFL. But for the Bears specifically, Nick, it's incredible to see. And I know we kind of feel this, right? Like the Bears tend 
to find these chunk plays. And you see 30 for, uh, 31 for like those catches of 20 plus. But Fields actually has the fifth most passes that have gone for 40 plus mm. this year. I wanted to look at that uh, with six, which is very impressive considering when you look at all quarterbacks and passing attempts, Fields is still 28th in the league for passing attempts. So to be uh, up wow. there in the league, the fifth most passes for 40 plus despite the low amount of volume of actually throwing the ball is an awesome stat that I was able to uncover here this morning. And then we just know it's been a lot of Justin on the ground first in the NFL, three runs of 40 plus uh, tied with Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard tied for third of runs of 20 plus in the league fields is uh, it's Khalil Herbert still up there, even though we haven't seen him play in a long time. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery only has one run of 20 plus this year, which still really surprises me. And so does, uh, Darrington Evans has that one of 20 plus. So he's tied with David Montgomery and he's barely seen the playing field. Like when you see it, obviously it's heavy fields. I don't know if that's sustainable, like in terms of rushes throughout his career, Mm -hmm. but ideally you'll get more of those through the air starting next year. Yeah, you definitely would hope so, Will, especially if you add some talent and that's going to be something that we talk about uh, later in this episode. But Again, it is encouraging. I know someone commented on this tweet also. It was like, I wonder how many, uh, you know, explosive plays the Bears defense is doing up this season. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's they're probably high up there as well. But if you're going to give up a lot of explosive plays, you better be making them on offense because if you don't, there's most likely you're not going to have a chance in any of these games. But, yeah, that is the other side of it, and that's why the Bears still need to add a lot of talent. Yes, they do. Uh, And it's weird, Nick, to hold right now – the second overall pick in the draft, yet you lead the NFL in explosive plays. It just shows you that even though we understand their importance, they're not the end-all, be-all. You still need a defense. You can't be giving up these plays at the other end of the, uh, other end of it, too, or else you're not going to be able to win these games despite having an explosive attack. It's an interesting situation because we always wanted it. And now that we mm-hmm. have it, the results still aren't there because we're missing some of those other elements like defense like i just mentioned it's interesting that they got here yet we're not seeing the winds follow yeah well and you know i just had an article come out on all chgo about some of those close fourth quarter losses and how much blame should be put on fields well after just rewatching a lot those last fourth quarters of each of those games it's like i don't know how much blame i'm really putting on fields for a lot of them maybe it's the atlanta falcons because uh he did throw a you know, a high ball, but he also had a separated shoulder because his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator called a run and it still didn't end up working on the first and 10 play there. But, you know, a lot of these games are very, very close. And you had some talent around there and don't have these wide receivers failing Justin Fields when they did at those crucial moments. Then maybe we see those explosive plays also equate to victories. Do you expect this to be a trend that continues into next year in terms of this offense? Obviously, there's going to be some changes when it comes to the personnel and obviously there's some drastic ones and I know we're going to probably both have similar thoughts later on in the show, but would you expect the bears to be atop the NFL again? Maybe not number one back-to-back years, but still like a top five, top seven team in terms of explosive plays next season. Well, you know what? Well, like how they're doing it too. those 68 rushing, you mm-hmm. know, explosive plays too. like, that is who the bears still want to be. And I think when you have Justin Fields a part of your rushing attack, that I think can still, you could still get at least 10 plus yards. It's a 50 and 60 yarder ones that I, you know, we're seeing them almost on a game to game basis and it's great. 
But can that realistically keep being the thing we should expect every game? Probably not, right? Even though Justin Fields is as amazing as he is, like it's just not that sustainable, I, I would think. But Justin Fields has proven a lot of people wrong already about what he's capable of doing. But I just see it like how the beginning of this season started. This offense, we were questioning Ryan Poles and what the hell he was doing, mm-hmm. getting Justin Fields killed and how they couldn't put up points, sustained drives, and then they have the mini buy and they figure stuff out. So to say top five with better talent, why not? Right? Right? Why why can't they be in that that contention for explosive plays? And again, I would expect the, you know more passing plays to be a part of the equation next season too. It's weird. So last night I was sitting back and just thinking about where we're at for the Bears. And I just don't think we're grasping at what's here. And it's everybody, whether it's national, whether it's local, and it doesn't matter your outlet, everybody believes Justin Fields is the guy. And I don't know if I've came to terms with that yet. Like, I think you're in like the denial phase of like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, he's awesome. But like, we go back. Six months ago, we had no idea. We were questioning, can he be the guy? Will he be a player that Poles and Eberflus actually want to build around or not? And he's going to have to prove it and things of that nature. And here we are, December 8th. The Bears only have a few wins. Yet, we can all confidently say, and there's like a whole collective agreement, that he is a franchise quarterback and he is someone that can lead this Bears team to greatness once you do build around him. And I just think we need to really understand how special that is and how, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to take it for granted anymore. I don't know if I am. I just don't know why. Like, I feel like I'm a slight denial. It's the best way I can explain it. No, well, I was, you know, I still get that way. And whenever I'm driving on the highway and you see, like, the Dunkin' Donuts ads and it's Justin Fields, Chicago runs on Dunkin'. I always tell my girlfriend, like, he... Like, obviously, everything he's doing now is amazing. Everyone here in Chicago, and he's getting that national recognition, but he can literally have the city of Chicago in the palm of his hand. Like, the freaking Thanos thing, you got me. (laughs) In a snap, like, whatever he wants, he can have it. But it's just weird that it's a quarterback for the Chicago Bears who's going to have this, you know, recognition and just respect, I think, because of how he's playing. But like you, it's been – it's just different. And mm-hmm. now that it's here, I I I do want to take things not take it for granted because you just never know. You just never know. It took us a long time to get to this point as a Bears fan my entire life. Like now that it's here, just gonna soak in the moment every game that we see number one play and what he's capable of doing on the field. It, it just embrace that a little bit more. I, I would think. Like I remember early on his rookie season when we were going to some of the preseason games up in the box. And we got to see him for like the first time in game action. And he made a few throws that you remember. I was punching your shoulder. I was very excited (laughs) uh, about the arm talent. And then that kind of went away last year just through the scheme, personnel, et cetera, et cetera. Then the growing pains early this year kind of had a lot of people hesitant to really buy in. And then he figures out things uh, on the ground. The offense starts to change. He's He's becoming a more consistent player at the position. And then you have a game like last week that he just plays very well as a pure passer coming from an injury, still somewhat injured playing through pain. And it just gets me giddy uh, thinking about the future. And it puts a lot of pressure on Ryan pulls too, 
because now it's like, don't mess this up. You have the, you know, the answer at the most important position. So your job is to not mess it up and make sure you execute on this window. I would love ideally on this rookie contract at the back end of it to be a contending team. I know we're going to talk about here very soon about how the bears can get there. What are those missing pieces? What can they learn from these upcoming opponents? But really like, the more you think about this too, like Ryan Pulse's job gets in some ways easier, but in other ways more difficult because I think the pressure is going to be on sooner than maybe, you know, if Justin was still struggling, then he get more of like that, you know, lax period to kind of figure some things out. But like now it's like time is of the essence. You got to start building this thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because Adam, Adam and I, Adam Hogan and I were talking like pre-show, uh tuesday where we're like okay if they, the bears get the number two overall pick i'm like how ryan poles can't mess this up right there that's a perfect position to be in and he's like wait 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 wait, this the bears are talking about though but i'm like okay well if you know you got your quarterback and you have all these needs like you find you just get the best player available and then you as the draft continues going on you fill up these holes like you're in a perfect position because you got the hardest piece Right. Mm -hmm. You got the hardest piece with the field. So to your point, though, yes, he needs to hit on these guys. We saw like Valus Jones Jr. Still very young in his career. Um, and we need to see how he <laughs> I like know, he plays out. young in his career, in his career. <laughs> um, but like right there, you're a little hesitant about how that's going to shake out um, at the wide receiver position. So whoever you do get go get a free agency, they, they do need to make an impact because you do have a special guy in Justin Fields and. We see how quickly teams can make turnarounds. And if you get those right guys, those right pieces, in addition to what you, you have foundationally here already, then you can really escalate the, the process of being in contention for not only the playoffs, but hopefully down the road for a Super Bowl. 100%. I'm still in trade down mode, though. Unless you think one of those guys on defense are like a generational talent, an Aaron Donald mm -hmm. type or a top premier edge rusher that will be like the next Khalil Mack for the bears. Unless you think you can get one of those, then I would heavily lean trade down and then go Then you have multiple first round picks to really execute on this window at the back end by having like maybe two this year, two next year. And if you hit on three or four of those, watch out. All right. So watch out is right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and let's move forward because I know usually we do a Green Ridge Farm bold prediction, uh, but it's, there's not a game this week. So we're going to do a Green Ridge Farm. What, do you have a name for it? No. Okay. <laughs> I have the, the idea of what we're doing, but the Green Ridge Farm top needs. I yeah, don't, that's fine. Maybe. I, I like go. it. We'll, we'll throw the bold prediction screen on there just so we get the Green Ridge Farm on the bottom. There we go. Where oh. you see bold predictions. Scratch that out in your mind. It's actually going to be this identifying the top needs for next year. And I don't even, I'm excited to see how you approach it because is it top need, like what the bears need the most in terms of what they're missing? Or is it the missing sauce, like the secret sauce, the missing ingredient to kind of take this to the next level? And that's probably the mindset that I approached it. And sometimes I think those do overlap. So mm -hmm. my number one need for the bears next year, brought to you by Green Ridge Farm, is a and this word is key, bona fide wide receiver one. Not just a wide receiver that can play one. Not just a guy who's like that prototypical body. He needs to be a bona fide superstar, a wide receiver one. 
without question, one of the top in the league. And if you have that, A, Justin's going to have a new best friend. His life's going to be so much easier. And then everyone else on this roster, Darnell Mooney, downward, their jobs get so much easier because you do have that playmaker that takes attention. But even though he has attention, he can still make plays. It's a great spot to be in. It's a great thing to have on a roster. And when you look at a lot of the best teams in the league, and we're going to talk about a few of them that the Bears are going to be facing here soon, they all have a superstar at the wideout position. So that's, to me, cream of the crop, number one need for the Bears. Well, we've been doing this show far too long, and we always think along the same lines in, in, in some form or fashion. I have a stud wide receiver as okay. my number one for, for Justin Fields. Again, my article that I did in LCHGO with those fourth quarter losses, look back at how many times Justin Fields' receivers failed him. On Whether you go back to Washington and Darnell Mooney's bobbled catch, go to Equinemius St. Brown and on the fourth down that goes right through his hands. You know, even though Valus Jones Jr. was just punt returning at the position, still wide receiver, muffing that ball. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset against the Vikings. Like, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Like, guys, if Justin can get, to your word, well, a bona fide guy, a stud, that makes, that one raises the level of play, level of guys that they already have, which is great. But look at how... That changed the Bengals franchise with Jamar Chase. They already had guys in T. Higgins and, and things like that. They had guys, but now you get a receiver that defenses have to respect. They they know that you have to put coverage that way. But that would, I think, put this team and Justin Fields over the top in terms of being able to create more of those explosive pass, passing plays that we were talking about. So adding a stud wide receiver would be huge. And I know Michael H in the chat, you know, said something along the lines. Um, let's see, it would be great to get a wide receiver one, but that's a tall task. It tall ask, like no doubt about it. Like you mm -hmm. don't just find those guys just don't grow off trees and like here, boom, wide receiver one stud guy, you're good to go. And even if you draft a guy, it's a rookie, but we saw the, what Jamar chase was able to do. And again, I still gotta do my homework in terms of what is in the, or who is in the draft, but like, it's it's the thing that I think would you would see immediate change, right? Because of what they could do downfield offensively, putting up points, and also now you have Chase Claypool as number two, Darnell Mooney's number, like moving down the chain of those guys that you do like, and then adding just a stud at the wide receiver position. And I see another comment too from CLH two thousand one, like were there even any wide receiver ones in the draft or free agency? Free agency market dried up. Uh, and we've talked about that a lot in this podcast. And that's why uh, a team like the Eagles make a huge trade. And they bring in A.J. Brown. And I'm going to talk about him and how he impacted Jalen Hurts to kind of second this point. But we'll do that in a little while because we have to identify one more need uh, on this team. I went first last time. I'm 99.9999999% positive for the same exact boat. So you go first and I'll second. I'll, I'll definitely back you up. Yeah, well, look. We need to address a defense too, Will. And I mm -hmm. think the Bears need to go get a pass rusher. Yes! Uh, right right now, <laughs> it is it's bad for the Bears. They just have nobody that you can rely on to make the opposing quarterback's life difficult. And if you don't have those guys, it it, it doesn't matter how many points you put up. Like they can the other team's gonna put up the same amount and even more. So again, going back to the the Bengals and their model of how they did it to get to the Super Bowl. They had a Trey Hendrickson, 
uh, to a Bengals defense that couldn't apply pressure in 2020. That that season, well, they they finished with 17 total sacks. Hendrickson that season in New Orleans had 13 and a half. The Super Bowl year, he had 14. Like these guys make a difference. They make everybody else around them better. You need to be able to apply pressure on the opposing quarterback. The Bears right now, I anybody in this chat feel comfortable with anybody. Maybe oh. like where Dom, Dom Dominique Robinson could be, but obviously a fifth round draft pick has a, a high learning curve still. But I think you know still learning the position. I would even think uh, going into week fourteen now. But you need you need a again like a stud wide receiver. You need a stud pass rusher. So that is that is my number two. Did you put a word next to it in your notes or just pass rusher? Because you had stud for receivers. I just, I need to know. Yeah, no, just just pass rusher for this one. I'm going to take the stud that I had at wide receiver, just drop it down to the pass rusher in my notes. There you go. I put dangerous pass rusher for me. But Did you have wide receiver one, pass rusher two? Wide receiver one, pass rusher two. Yep. Damn, look at us go. But yeah, a dangerous pass rusher. You know how it can change a defense. We saw it happen in 2018 when they signed Khalil Mack, how immediately it took that really good defense and turned it into like the best unit in the entire league that season. Obviously, the Bears have more holes to fill uh, on this side of the ball, but without a pass rush, it's really impossible to be a good unit. And I'm excited still about the potential of the young secondary of Brisker and Gordon. You still have Eddie Jackson for a little bit of time, uh, Jalen Johnson. So I feel good about the secondary. You're going to need another linebacker, but none of that matters if you don't have someone that can get after quarterback. So just like you, those are like the top two things that the Bears can find a bona fide wide receiver one. They can give themselves a dangerous pass rusher. I wouldn't. I can even be greedy and ask for two. If they do that, some of those other needs become less glaring and you can overcome some lesser talent there just due to having, I think, players at those positions that like that high-end caliber that we're talking about. No doubt about it, Will. And, you know, maybe the obvious one that we didn't mention, it could be up here, is offensive line help, you mm-hmm. know, for Justin Fields. Does, for you, does Justin Fields' ability to escape, does that bring it down anymore? Or is it just that these two are just higher uh, on the impact on what they can do for this this Bears 2023 team? That's a really good question. I think it's a little bit of both because you still don't want them to take unnecessary hits in the pocket. Ideally, you don't need them improvising on more mm-hmm. plays than not so you can operate from the pocket, kind of like what we saw last week, play within the system, the timing's there, and as you can tell, yeah. the offense really does take off from it. Uh, but it's obviously, like you said, like his ability to evade, and really since the mini-buy when I think he just had and gained more confidence in himself and how he can like manipulate pass rushers and make them miss because early on this season, like he was trying to do some things back there but it wasn't working. And now he's kind of figured out what makes him special back there, how he can avoid some of this pressure. And yeah, that does help lessen it, but still you want to have a top offensive line in this league, because once you get to like the playoffs and you're playing against these really good defenses, uh, as we saw in the Super Bowl, you're talking about the Bengals and Jamar chase and Joe Burrow, but that offensive line really let them down in that, in the biggest Mm -hmm. moment. So you want to make sure you have a good unit up front too. No, it makes sense. Had had to ask, and like I'm willing, for me, willing. I want to see the Braxton Jones and his how he grows as a player. Obviously, being thrown in as a fifth round draft pick and being the left tackle, that's not easy. But I think he's gotten better throughout the season. So I, you know, I want to see a guy like that. I give him not another op- or another season to see. But it's not like he's the okay. You just won the starting job. If if Ryan Poles thinks, hey, let's go get a left tackle, maybe in the draft or free agency. 
fine. But I'm willing to, you know, see how Braxton Jones can develop. We liked what we see from Tevin Jenkins at right guard. Right tackle is a little iffy, you know, right now. And Alex Leatherwood can make it even more interesting if in these final four games we see him more on the field. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely a position you can you can upgrade and will be significant helping Justin Fields as well. Right. Do they roll back with Cody Whitehair next year? I think everyone in the chat will back me up when we all want to maybe upgrade from Sam Mustafer, if all possible, at center. So there are some needs to get better. uh, But if you still get some of the positions that we're talking about, bona fide stud wide receiver one, dangerous pass rusher, you can live, uh, as we know, without having to invest heavily uh, at, I'd say, some of those other positions too. But real quickly, uh, before we start talking about the Bears' final four games and some lessons, I want to make sure that you hear this message from our partners at Game Time because Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, Floor seats at a concert, it's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on the Bears. I mean, heck, there's a lot of home games here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And on Game Time, they were created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love seats, show you're going to love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description, both here on YouTube and on your podcast player of choice. So join over the 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. And we'll, uh, before we move on to previewing some of these final uh, opponents that the bears have, again, we just were talking about green Ridge farm. Gotta let you know about them. It's a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all natural option. Green Ridge farm are the makers of all natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating happy hour and school lunches. They have 16 grams of protein per stick, perfect for that post-workout snack. And you can actually find your Green Ridge Farm products at Costco's, Sam's Club, your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. All right, good stuff. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. Will DeWitt, joined by Nicholas Moriano. It's the CHGO Audible Day, bi-week special, and it's time to kind of just glance ahead at the next four games, the final four, and we'll see exactly what lessons the Bears can learn about these teams and how they can get to some of their levels and, of course, about themselves. We have the 11-1 Eagles, the 10-2 Vikings, 9-3 Bills, and the 5-7 Lions. Not in that exact order, but I was just going by record. And again, three of those opponents combined for a 30-6 and record this season. So when you look at these matchups, Nick, what can we learn? There, there's a bunch of things, and you can take it in a bunch of different avenues, and my, my notes are all over the place. But Same. let's just look at the quarterback position and the first two opponents that the Bears will face following this bye week in, in uh, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Just, I would think, and I don't know if this is a crazy statement, but Fields can maybe see a little bit of himself in these two players in how that they're able to extend plays, use their legs, the leadership qualities. But what I think Fields can learn from those two matchups, because he's going to see it while he's sitting on the sideline watching their offenses, is how these quarterbacks use the talent around them. Because right now, it seems like it's Justin Fields 
hero ball, right? He's mm-hmm. the one who has to make most of these plays happen, improvises, is able to score these 50, 60-yard touchdowns. But you see what uh, Jalen Hurts is able to do now they got A.J. Brown. And right, and, and added with Devontae Smith, Goddard, Miles Sanders, all these guys, he's a, dist- he's a distributor, but he's also a playmaker in himself. And we know Josh Allen does that as well. They got Stephon Diggs and all the great things they've been doing. Gabe Davis as well. But how he can learn to distribute the football and rely, ultimately learn how to rely on the guys around him. Because I know maybe he'll say it in press conferences, like he he wants to learn to kind of develop with the other wide receivers now that Mooney's gone. But they they need to step up. And it's I think it's maybe a little tough to do that because I think in Fields' mind, like, I can make the play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the best option to make these plays. So just watching the other quarterbacks and how they – and obviously he's going to be on the sideline looking at the plays and, you know, probably not paying attention too much. But after the fact, just seeing how he could be even a better playmaker in 2023, knowing that there will be more talent around him, that's something that I think Justin Fields can can learn as he's kind of still developing as a quarterback and will obviously only being in, in year two in his career. Now, we've been talking about this wide receiver one, and I was looking at Jalen Hurts. So last season, he hit 61% of his passes, uh, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, let's see, an 87.2 passer rating, 784 rushing yards. That was Hurts last year. And Justin Fields very identical. He also had on 61% of his passes. He has 13 to 10 in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. His rating's just right around there to an 85.4, 905 rushing, eight touchdowns. Very similar when you look at Hurts last year and Fields this season. But what did the Eagles do? They made that big trade for A.J. Brown, took over that big wide receiver one role, Devonta Smith. He's gotten a lot more effective in terms of like impact per touch. Same thing with Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins. Just moving everyone down a notch, like I mentioned, just kind of made everyone's lives easier. And Hertz's numbers reflect that all the way up across the board that are higher. Higher touchdown percentage, more yards per game, a higher passer rating. It went up from 87.2 to 108.3. If we're talking about a Justin Fields in 2023 that's having like 110 passer rating on the year, plus what he's been able to do with his legs, like the Bears should be in a very solid spot. And again, having a wide receiver one can really help that out. And when I just look at like the teams in general, uh, something that I've learned, or I guess I got reminded of is uh, defense matters, right? Uh, <laughs> the Eagles and the Bills kind of show you that. They're second and 10th in yards allowed, seventh and fourth in points allowed. Like defense matters if you want to be a top team in this league, without question. You can't just have offense. You have to have the other side of the ball too. No doubt about it. Well, I mean, you look at the defensive line for for the Eagles and you know, that's that's always a scary match because that's who the Bears will be playing, you know, against. And, you know, they traded for Robert Quinn. Unfortunately, he had to go on IR in the season. Uh, actually, he might be back to, uh, maybe for playoffs. I'm not sure about that, but I know he got injured. But you see all the other guys that they, they have, Sweat and, you know, Red, uh, you know Fletcher Cox, like guys like that. So they have, like, that number two need that we both had, well, they got him. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a necessity when you're looking at some of the other teams. Uh, in the league and where their aspirations are obviously being Super Bowl. One thing that I'm also looking at when looking at these last four matchups, I'm looking at specific matchups and Jalen Johnson versus some of these wide receivers that he's going to face to end the 2022 season. I think somebody actually in the chat mentioned this too as well, but 
gets to go up against AJ Brown when he when he plays the Eagles. Stephon Diggs against the Bills. You know, they're the Lions top guy, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't know how much they weren't locked up too many times in that first Detroit matchup, but still a quality wide receiver. And then hey, Justin Jefferson, right? So we, we and I, you made a face there. Well, I don't know if you're gonna bring up like Tom Kennedy or something against Jalen Johnson, but I think that's that's what Jalen Johnson wants. Like he wants this competition. He loves to hear that his peers are the guys. His peers have only nothing but good words to say about him. That's what he he values. Yeah, maybe the Pro Bowl, whatever is it like a celebrity. Uh, you know, contests and you need to make highlight plays. But if his peers are saying good things about him, that is what he values. And if he plays well against these four guys and, and these matchups and how their offenses are playing, then that's going to bode well for, I think, Bears fans' confidence in Jalen Johnson. It should be high because I think he's having a good season. But that's going to be something that I'm keying in on, seeing Jalen Johnson who I think is a focal point for this defense, someone that you want to have with you moving forward, going up against some of these top-end talent. There you go. No, just when you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown, and I just remembered how he shredded the Bears defense last time. 10 catches, 120 yards. It was uh, yeah. easy picking. He was open all day. Yes. No, yes, he was. Other than that, you talked about the defensive lines. You just We talked about like the Bears needing a pass rush. Like, the Eagles have multiple guys that can get after quarterbacks. Reddick, Hargrave, Sweat. They combined for 25 sacks between the three. The Vikings with Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter have 16 combined sacks. Von Miller and uh, Rasau in Buffalo have 14 combined sacks. So it's like you need – we talked about you need a dangerous pass rusher. The Bears probably need multiple dangerous mm-hmm. pass rushers, but you, ha- you do have guys, and it's not just edge. You have to have an interior presence, too. You need to find – the next Akeem Hicks here in Chicago, he's been hard to replace. And that mm-hmm. impact that he can make from the interior spot was always, I think, undervalued and underappreciated. But, you know, it's very important uh, What's uh, too. And then other than that, the last just general lesson is that turnover margin matters. The Eagles are first. The Vikings are fourth. Like, you have to take care of the football. You have to get takeaways. And if you do that, you get after the passer good things tend to happen for your team. When we look at these games, I know you mentioned the Jalen Johnson matchup. Is there anything else specifically that you want to see in these games? Like for me, you have really tough defenses in the Eagles and the Bills. I want to see Justin step up in these matchups, and I want to see him in a way thrive. And I know that's probably a word that you can have different meanings between just because you know how good the Eagles and Bills are on defense. So thrive doesn't mean like 400 plus passing or anything like that. I just want to see them kind of like what we saw against the Packers, just have a good consistent play as a passer. And if you can do that against some of these top tier units, I think his confidence, the coach's confidence in him, if it's even possible, can go up even higher. Uh, That's what I want to see in those two. And then you have two teams in the Vikings and Lions that are in the bottom of the league when it comes to defense in terms of yards given up, you give up like 400 yards each. So then that's when you want to see fields like quote, tear it up. Like you want to see them play well against the good defense. But then when you have those lat, those other two, the Vikings and the lions, like I want to see him just tear some things up. And what we saw against the Packers was fantastic, Nick. And that was actually the first game with Getsy, this coaching staff and fields getting to play an opponent twice. And so now we get to see it again mm-hmm. two more times down the stretch. And I just want to see what kind of growth we can see because the Bears only had 48 passing yards in the first game against the Packers. 
They had 254 season high last week. Talk about adjustments. Talk about learning from your previous matchup. The last, uh, the Vikings held the Bears to 193 through the air, only 78 on the ground. And that 78 was like one of the lowest for the Bears this year. And every single game after that for the next five, the Bears actually had 240 plus. So they were able to kind of really kick a start their running attack after it. So I want to see if it can go back to Minnesota and he can run on this defense now after, you know, a couple months removed. So just, I want to see Justin tear it up. I want to see this offense grow in some of these matchups that you've had for the second time. Like those are the, I think the stepping stones that are in front of us that if you can kind of walk across, will really set up the bears with some good positive momentum, even if they lose these games and you end up still with that high draft pick, which I'm not complaining about, I would feel really good about the Bears if I can start seeing some of those from this offense down the stretch. I'm not, I have no expectations for the Bears defense. I don't care what they do or don't do. It's all about the offense. It's all about Justin and the steps he's taking to grow that for the final month. Really good points there, Will. Uh, the coaching that you're talking about, the adjustments they make, I have that in my notes, especially for the Lions and Vikings. What are you going to do, Luke Getze, knowing what you know now? about the Vikings and Lions and how they've been playing lately. And this is another this is another bye week, right? They made those adjustments on the mini bye and were able to have this offense of scoring 30 plus points a game. So I want to see how they adjust to again, like you you said against the Packers, facing an opponent for the second time and seeing what you could take advantage of and knowing what your strengths are as a football team at this point. But shit, Will, I want to see Justin Fields <laughs> light it up. Like honestly, like I want him to go toe for toe for a Josh Allen. With mm -hmm. a with a you know Jalen Hurts and after the Packers game I, and obviously Justin Fields threw the two picks in the fourth quarter one and I would say that Justin you know was playing better than Aaron Rodgers right like I mean when you look at how the throws he was making and how he was playing all game up to that pick but if you can come out of one of those games shoot if you can come out of two of those games saying that man Justin Fields looked better than Jalen Hurts look better than Josh Allen, but they still <laughs> yeah, lost. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. I mean, imagine I, – you know, I, I, can, I can only imagine what, like, the reaction would be. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys have a good quarterback. Uh, yeah, J uh, Justin Fields right there too. So I do want to see that, even though it's it's they do have good defenses. They have guys that can rush the passer. But that would just, I think, solidify the confidence of him as a passer because he's not going to be able to just do it with his legs in those two games. Just not. But if he can do it through the air and have those games where you're coming away even more confident than you already are now, man, you're you're looking forward to 2023 come September when the season starts with all the new weapons and additions and what number one can do. But I do want I am looking forward to seeing how he specifically plays against two Super Bowl contenders if mm -hmm. we're being you know the Bills and the Eagles and then the division like the Lions are playing better football. They lost by one point, and Cairo, Sinto, Cairo Santos missed that that extra point after uh, Justin Fields' long touchdown run. So I think uh, we we just need to see how they also stack up in the division. The easiest way into the playoffs, play well in your division, and they got two more opportunities uh, come at the end of the season to do that. I, I love the unintentional shade that the Vikings are 10-2, and two, and you're not throwing them in that Super Bowl contention kind of window because you keep saying two, and then there's two in a division. So you're not explicitly saying it, but I'm reading between the lines, and I'm here for it, Nick, just saying. Uh, that, that was kind of fun to hear. But like you said, if <laughs> Fields can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hurts and with Allen over there in Buffalo, 
not only do you feel good about it, but you mentioned like their defenses, like, like mm-hmm. Hurts and Allen should have huge games uh, against the bears. Like there's not even a question about it. That shouldn't even be a challenge. It should be a cakewalk with like no doubt about it. So for, if fields can do that against the caliber of defenses that he'll have to face in order to achieve, I think it just makes it even more special. So you're right. Like that would be an awesome thing for us to see down the stretch real quickly. Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose? For me, the most to gain, you can throw the entire wide receiver core in there. Can you not? Yeah, no, you definitely can. That's that's a good one, uh, Will. They need to prove themselves. They they definitely do. Um, the most to gain for me is probably Luke Getze, Will. If, mm. if Justin Fields in this offense continue to do good things in the passing, just look overall good, even against those two defenses, I think I think you're going to hear Getze is like a hot candidate for – coaching job right i mean i know like that was already i know that was a lot of bears fans fear coming into the season oh he's gonna coach up justin Fields so well that he's gonna be hired and if he play if the offense looks really good justin fields is the guy well he is the guy but now you just definitely know that luke getsy might have the most to gain in terms of gaining a uh head coaching possible job but i think that it's gonna be a tough task with with uh those first two games but like I said, if they play well, he's definitely going to get some credit for it. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I haven't even got there yet, and hopefully I, I want consistency for Justin. I don't want a third mm-hmm. offensive coordinator in three years. That would be, I'm not going to say detrimental, but it wouldn't be ideal at, at any rate. Uh, another, I got two more that have like, the most to gain on my list because, like I said, every wide receiver can gain something because the next year the Bears are definitely going to probably want to make some changes. But Claypool, uh, I'm sure they want to be a part of the equation. So he has a lot to gain. Vailus Jones Jr., as we know, he can only gain uh, at this rate. And I can get Brian Pringle, same thing. Like, there's just so many guys yeah. that, Nikhil Harry, like, same thing. Like, all of them. Uh, but David Montgomery, he's on his final four games of his contract. I, I think that's a big one for him. He has a lot to gain. And then Alex Leatherwood is the other one I wanted to mention. With this rotation and him having a chance to go out there and get that right tackle job, I think he has a lot to gain here down the stretch. On the flip side, most to lose, I have three. Justin Fields, because he's riding so high now. It's like he, mm. he can only, not that he can only go down. I'm trying to think of the right words, but like he needs to make sure he's finishing the season strong. And now's not the time to waver. Keep this confidence going forward for him. And then same thing with Tevin Jenkins, because he's been by far the best offensive lineman. He can, if he struggles, I mean, again, that's something to lose. And Jalen Johnson, I'm just, I think those have been like the Bears' top three guys. Jack Sanborn can be thrown in there to someone that can lose, but he also has a lot to gain. It's, it's all about perspective, Nick, but who in your eyes has the most to lose? Um, most to lose, I'm looking at, well, so I'll put Fields on here only because he is still playing with that separated shoulder, right? Mm. Now, now the Bears are, it's not like they're going to shut him down now. He already played um against the Packers so you just don't want to see him go down with injury this impacts his off season like that is the worst possible scenario that I can think of so if if anything just come out of these last four games healthy especially for for QB1 that'll be that'll be big going into next off season for him to kind of still be in the trajectory that he wants to be on uh, most to lose too like I I do believe Alex Leatherwood is going to get more opportunities in these last four games. Now he looked for the 10 snaps, 10 snaps. He was <laughs> out there. He looked, he looked good. He had some, he had a lot of pass 
uh, said opportunity. So if he somehow does, once he does get into the game and is not able to capitalize on those moments, there's your chance, right? I think this this coaching staff wants to see what he's about. Uh, contracting mono in the beginning didn't help him losing 25 pounds. So he has a lot to to gain and to lose. Looking at the perspective you were just bringing up, Will, but right, you know, once he gets his opportunity, he needs to really take advantage of it. And then for me, I mean, you did say Byron Pringle. Yeah, just a lot of those back-end wide receivers, like they're on one-year contracts. There's no guarantee that you are on this team next season mm-hmm. when Justin Fields is flourishing. So you better make a, make a, a, a last stand here in these final four games to to earn a spot back. And, you know, blo- whether that's in the blocking or running proper routes or just catching the football, it, it, it's going to be big for, for some of these back-end wide receivers. You know, coming back to the football when you're coached up and you're supposed to, there are things like that that, that uh, certain wide receivers can clean up. So, honestly, I'm glad we did this exercise. I thought that was a lot of fun looking at the next four weeks because when you have a team like the Bears where the winds aren't coming and you have a four-game stretch and you're ready, ready for the offseason like I'm starting to get, doing an exercise like this, I think, re-energized me to kind of Get excited about these games and what they can offer us. So I appreciate uh, the idea for today's episode, Nick, because like I said, a lot of fun. And now it's kind of like rejuvenated here for this final stretch. So up next, we're going to answer a few questions that came from the CTO diehards in our Discord. Before we do, I want to let you know about a new partner of ours, and that is Private Internet Access. PIA has 50 servers in 50 U.S. states. Need to look like you're surfing the web from Oklahoma? We got an IP for that. Do you need to visit a website that can only be accessed within Alaska's borders? We got an IP address for that too. So like, why is this so important? With IP addresses available in all 50 states, you'll be able to avoid sporting event blackouts. So if your if your state's local network opts out of the rights to televise the games, like I live in the Indianapolis market, and most of the time I can't watch the Bears game, but I have NFL Plus. And now with private internet access, I can log in from Illinois and heck, I can watch the game without having to like drive the B-dubs and watch it from the bar. Uh, you can access local websites, which are blocked outside of state borders, including local news stations and online banking details. You can watch television premieres before they show up in your time zone and avoid spoilers. So check out the link in the description. It is uh, piavpn.com slash bears for 83% off for the two-year plan that's four months free that's two dollars and three cents per month they get some private internet access vpns and you get all those amazing benefits that i mentioned uh, which i love avoiding those sporting event blackouts it's 2022 almost 23 we should be able to watch whatever game we want if we subscribe to whatever service that we do but that's just my two cents nick i know you have another message too yeah and 83 percent off that was actually my favorite number for a football wide receiver growing up in or in high school. Wes Welker, man. Saw a similar body type, small guy, tough in the middle, A3, loved it. Uh, but yes, I do have to tell you about DraftKings, and here's a scenario for you. Cairo Santos is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $150 in free bets 
if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. And if you want to cash in on that free $150 in free bets, I would uh I'd put it on the Raiders tonight, you know, with the Rams. Not even know who's gonna play quarterback, no Aaron Donald. I, I like the Raiders tonight. But first you gotta download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO to get $150 in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any NFL game only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code CHGO. And real quickly, Will, I got the next one if you're you're about to say something, but I'm going to go with it right now just so we can mm-hmm. get to these questions at the end. Uh, Foco, um, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar, who went off in the fourth quarter as he did, uh, as he usually does, uh, last night with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. The holidays are here. Why not check out FOCO and everything they got to offer for that special loved one in your life? Well, they got, like I said, they got hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. They got, if you still wear, you know, open-toed shoes in winter, they got those too. You can do it. Um, But you got to go to foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Good stuff there, Nick. Now, I had a few points that I want to make sure I make real quick. Number one, you're not rooting for the Raiders tonight. Like, don't do that. The Rams no, win. No, no, I just there. that's that's yeah. your money. If you want, I'm not mm. rooting for it in the mm. draft, but I think if you're gonna make money, that's well, that's I, I guess it. with your I guess with your betting streak, you're doing it right. So I appreciate it. You're right. All <laughs> right. Thank you for that. We need it tonight. Uh secondly, uh you you mentioned 83, and I thought you were gonna say Willie Galt, but I understand like when you kind of got into football, it was Wes Welker. Uh, so if you're mm-hmm, looking at like mm-hmm. Bears players wearing this number, the right answer is Willie Galt. The True. wrong answer is David Terrell, who I remember watching when I first started watching the Bears, and that was, uh, I guess, very on par for Bears wide receivers throughout my lifetime, for the most part, besides a few exceptions. But uh, that's about it. I have one more I'll tell you after the show, though, too. Martellus Bennett, okay. right? Was he 83? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 83 he for was, a hot minute. He was damn good for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, he kind of wavered there down the stretch, but he had some really clutch moments for the bears. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. complain. All right, let's get into some of these questions. These came from our CHO diehards. If you want to become a diehard today, go to all slash diehard. And then that way you can get all the awesome benefits, like a free t-shirt every single year from CHO, our locker, you get 20% off all of your merchandise orders anytime, even when we're running sales, uh, you can unlock all of our diehard content, like Adam Hoag's bears things. And so, much more. All the details are on the website. And of course, you get into our CHGO Lounge, which is our Discord server. It's an app which we all just kind of communicate with uh, the diehards. Nick's in there. I'm in there. Adam, Mark, we're all just kind of hopping in and having a good time there. But Nick asked the room for some questions. So that's where they're coming here today. So we can throw the first one up on the screen. And 23 Breach over on our Discord wanted to know favorite places to visit or to eat within the city. Nick, what about you? I'll let you kind of kick this off. I have three places that I like to eat, uh, but do you have any recommendations yourself? Yes. So my girlfriend and I love ABBA. It's a Mediterranean restaurant. It's actually really close to the CHGO studio. 
so good. And the thing is, you have to book in advance to get there. We went on our anniversary and we haven't been there since. So it's but it just everything stands out from the food, the view. Uh, amazing place, especially if you like Mediterranean food. You got to check out ABBA in the West Loop. And then really quickly, another one, if you're looking for a more casual hangout, uh, want to get some good frozen margaritas, Federales is a place that, again, my girlfriend and I like to go to. Uh, really chill spot. The ceviche is on. It's just fire. So definitely two very different kind of vibes, but really good place if you haven't been to and, you know, would be fun to check out. I like uh, I went once over the summer to um, uh, Al Cheval for the burgers. Ooh. I've heard Lauren has kept talking them up. And I was like, all right. So I took the yep. family. That was delicious. Took my brother when I was up in July for a wrestling event, the United Center to high five ramen in the West Loop that I really, really enjoyed. I okay. want to go back. It's like real authentic ramen. Uh, they have like all these different spice levels. And we did like number two out of five and my mouth like. I swear, still on fire. I would bump it down one notch if I went back. And then for breakfast, I really like Wildberry. I've been there with uh, my wife, actually, the day after we got married, because we got married in the city. And then we just went uh, a couple weekends ago for the first time since, and it was just as good. So those are a few places I like. We went to the, I was trying to remember the place that you, me, and Stephanie and Tatiana went after the Sox game, too, because that was really mm -hmm. good. But yeah, I, I couldn't remember That name it. is escaping me, too. Uh, yeah, really mm -hmm. good food and nice location. Wildberry, they're the one that's in Libertyville. A bunch of the Bears mm -hmm. players go there. They're always down. Always down in uh, Wildberry over there. So maybe check it out. See who you see. See, there you go. In terms of like places, is anywhere you like to just go hang out in the city? I know it's a little bit out of downtown, but I did take my kids to the Museum of Science and Industry, mm. uh, which was a lot of fun uh the other day uh, actually a couple weeks ago too but that was like fun for the kid and even like for the baby uh just running around in there too but how about you uh i always wanted to go to the the office experience but i think that's now another experience so i definitely missed the boat on yeah, that yeah they're always switching those things um you know jack's so they always have this in falls like jack's pumpkin patch like that's a cool it's like you know they have a bunch of hay and stuff and like all these you know place where you take pictures it, it's 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 really nice if you haven't been, but you know, it, it varies well, like depending on the, the season, what, what's available, like those, those random pop-ups that happen. Uh, it just all depends. So, and sometimes we're just randomly, uh, my girlfriend and I finding things like, let's go check it out. But if anyone ever, ever has any recommendations, let, let us know. Cause uh, we're always looking to do something. Good stuff. All right. What else did we get from the discord more to score? Who is an under-the-radar, less-discussed player on the team that you think could have a larger role on the Bears next year? Now, I struggled with this just because we talked about the Bears four to five days a week <laughs> all year long. So I don't know in my perspective who is you know, not discussed too often. And most of my, Nick, I'm curious, did yours lean defense weirdly or no? They pen. did. They, yeah, no, okay. they did go defense. And again, guys that are not being discussed as much. Uh, so like a Josh Blackwell. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that's like maybe not the biggest name, but you know, he played really well against the Packers in, you know, coordination with Jalen Jones and how they're passing things off and what he was able to do from the slot that I, I think you need to take note of that because obviously you have Kyler Gordon playing those two positions when, He's not the outside. He'll be playing nickel or vice versa. So 
I wonder if you can find a sleeper guy that can play that nickel. And it's a very tough position to play, especially in Eberflus' defense. But that that was a name that immediately popped to my head. Under the radar, not being discussed. Obviously, guys, first opportunity last week to really show what he can do defensively. But he's been really good on special teams all season. But that was that was the guy that really stood out. Because I know Sanborn and guys like that. I'm like, we all know about Sanborn. Exactly. We all know what he's going to do. Yep, that's exactly it. On offense, we've all talked about every wide receiver like in depth. So it doesn't matter. Offensive line, same exact thing. And tight end, there's really no one there that I think is going to like pop off or anything outside of Cole Komet. So mine went defense too. Uh, I had my top two were Elijah Hicks, uh, still yep. very high on him. And uh, again, for a player that just started getting a little bit of defensive playing time due to the injuries at safety, he's been playing fine. And then Sterling Weatherford is still a player that I'm very high on that is still sure. in my eyes flying under the radar, which I'm not, that opposed to right now, but I still wish they would give him some more opportunities this season because I, I do think he can be very similar to Jack Sanborn. Again, he was Indianapolis's Jack Sanborn, and they tried to stash him on the practice squad, but we claimed him, and then we were saying, no way, Jose. Like We were going to just make sure we got him, and he's more rangy than Sanborn, and if you've seen some of the film on Sanborn, how quickly he's been closing in these gaps, like... I think that's saying something. So who knows? I think if he does pan out and develop and you have Weatherford and Sanborn being two really good linebackers on rookie deals, on undrafted free agent rookie deals, talk about some serious value there. So those are just my two real quick. Yeah, I like that. Leatherwood. I mean, yeah, that's that's another But everyone's guy. talking about him. That's the thing. I know. Yeah, we, we still need to see more than 10 snaps. But yeah, I would like Fair. to definitely see what he can we can do there. All, All right, we got we have from Nick Parts, which is not Andy Moriano on our Discord. Outside of the Bears magically making the Super Bowl, laughing face. What real realistic Super Bowl matchup do you want to see as a fan? I'm at Bills Man. Eagles. Uh, it was easy for me just because I don't want to see the Chiefs. The Dolphins, I think, would be interesting, but I don't know. The Bengals going again, I don't know. No Vikings, please. No Buccaneers. No Cowboys. <laughs> no 49ers. The Giants, eh. I think Gino, if he went on a run and took Seattle, would be really oh, wow. kind of interesting to fun to watch. But in terms of a game, Bills, Eagles, both are top five on offense, both are top five on defense. I think that would just be a hell of a game to watch. And uh, that's why I would put it, even though I don't have like any, you know, actual like affection or emotion toward either team. It's just for a pure matchup standpoint. Yeah, that's actually the, the matchup I had. Well, especially because the Bears are going to play both these teams and see how well they can stack up to maybe a Super Bowl winner. Right. That'd be interesting. But I will say this. I don't know if you watched the Tampa Bay versus Saints game on, what was that, Thursday night. But for some I, I like Tom Brady. I do. I like I know the, you the do. fire that he plays with. And seeing him come back and win that game, I got fired up. I got I lost $600 at the very last play. Of course, with DraftKings. Pissed. But I'm like, man, I feel, I'm, I'm glad to see that Tom Brady back. And if they were to somehow make a run, hmm. I, I mean, I'd be entertained. I, I would like, I would watch that. But first choice is the Bills and Eagles. I, I've seen that story too many times in my life, Nick. I, I know you're a Brady guy. Yeah, you named no. your dog Brady for crying <laughs> out loud. I get it. I get it. But no, I'm personally ready for a new era and having True. Hertz and Allen. That, that's a good way to kind of kick one of those off too. All right. I think we have one more question here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
Oh wow, this was Nick. You read this. I was not expecting it to be so. Big. Sorry, yeah, this was a last uh, minute addition here from Edlocks. Bears related. Seems like every offseason recently, a top flight wide receiver gets moved because of contract reasons. There's been Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Hollywood Brown, etc. What wide receiver could potentially be a target for the Bears this offseason? How likely do you see that playing out? We've seen mentions of T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk lately in non-Bears related favorite road game experience this season as a media member, travel, accommodation, city sites, food, sports, opposing team, stadium, people, amenities, etc. Uh, really, both really, uh, really good questions. I was having a tough time with the wide receivers and trying to see, well, you know, all those receivers they mentioned, Hill, Adams, Brown, no one saw them getting moved. But right. I'm like, who, who could get moved? And... I don't think anyone's off the t table other than those guys that were just mentioned because they just moved. But the T. Higgins one is interesting. He's going into this last year of his rookie contract in 2023. Obviously, the Bengals have a plethora of playmakers. And, you know, you do have somewhat control with, with the, him being under his rookie contract, but you have to pay him, right? And he's a second-round draft pick, so he doesn't get the fifth-year option. But that would be a guy that he's a – he's what, a one? He's a one it, mm -hmm. behind the 1A that – that uh, chases. So that is an interesting name um, to think about, but I just had a tough time. Like, man, and maybe it's because I'm not, I don't know, open to the possibility of some of these other guys getting moved, even though we saw every wide receiver that could be moved was moved last, last off season. So it is a possibility for sure. I, I don't know if there's anyone for you. Will. yeah, like it's a tough one. It's I just, it's you tough. just don't know. Maybe Eberflus can call up Indy and get Michael Pittman from him because they're in a you know an interesting spot QB wise. Yeah, that seems true. like media accuracy. Uh, he's up there, seventy six catches, almost eight hundred yards, only two touchdowns. But again, he's been playing with Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger over there for a bit. It's been really bad to say the least. So maybe, yeah. but other than that, with you, it's hard to predict. Was the other part of that again? And then the, the part of the media like traveling to um, favorite mm. road game experience. Look, I really like Minnesota. I, I, I love that stadium. The food there is great. This where the stadium's at and everything that's around it. I really did uh, enjoy my time there. Atlanta, I to, I didn't really get to explore um, everything around the stadium. I, the stadium itself is beautiful, amazing. And then uh, Dallas. Dallas is, I mean, everything's bigger in Dallas, right? That freaking stadium is huge. And just everything they have around it, too. Like, there's a bunch of places to tailgate. And things like that. So did enjoy my time with those three. But yeah, Minnesota. If the Bears, you know, when, not if, when the Bears move to Arlington Heights, you know, something like that. That's I think what you want to strive for. And mm -hmm. if you can make it better, why not? Didn't someone ask about what we're doing over the bye? I, I thought I saw that earlier, Frank from NLM. Yeah, there we go. There we go. This is what I've been waiting to talk about this entire episode. So I'm glad we saved it for last. So what are you doing? over the buy anything fun i know you're you're all about your experiences so i'm uh, i'm curious what you're up to yeah so i actually just booked the airbnb for this week and my girlfriend and i will be going to denver okay. um brandon brandon spano our, our awesome ceo just ceo of everything he just celebrated his 40th birthday yesterday and if he somehow watches this he's now he's going to know that we're going to be there but hopefully he's not uh yeah, yeah. Oh no, we're not going. We're not going. But yes, yeah, so so we will be uh my girlfriend and I in Denver this weekend. How about you? I am driving south. We're gonna go to Louisville uh one oh. of these days. They have lights under Louisville, which is a huge mega cavern, like a cave. 
that you drive 17 miles underground and it's all Christmas displays and lights. It's like 6 what? million points of light. It's uh, 900 different displays. Yeah, it's all underground. You get to drive your own car through it. It's uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. That is really, really cool. Um, didn't know they even had those types of things, but that's that's awesome. Um, how long is it? Get, what's the drive like to get to, to Louisville? Uh, for me, is it's that... like an hour and a half. It's Oh, OK. That's not bad. No, it's I'm an hour and a half from Louisville, an hour from Indy, like two and a half from St. Louis, four from Nashville, four from Chicago, two and a half from Cincinnati. Like there are a lot of accessible cities. Yeah, that's here, awesome. But... And I know uh, Adam Hogue, he's in he's in Paris right now. Just hey, dude, the flights are so cheap. You can get a round trip to Paris for like 400 bucks. It's like, what? what? Yeah. It's like, oh, all we're, right. We're, uh, taking out my passport. Not going to Denver. Not going to Denver. Going to Paris instead. It's it's crazy. I was like, my mom who works for the airlines, like, I asked her why. She's like, well, no one's going. I'm like, clearly. So everyone go to Paris. Just go to Paris. Wee oui, wee. Oui. All right. Yeah, that's, that's really cool, though. Now I really wanted to break out the passport and say, screw it. We're doing a weekend in Paris. All right. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate, you know, everyone in the chat participating as we're kind of talking about lessons different needs for the bears. I thought everyone did an awesome job just kind of communicating with themselves and giving us some good comments to throw up on the screen too. And uh, Nick, it's been a lot of fun, honestly, not having to preview a game and do something a little different with you and break mm -hmm. up some of the, you know, the weekly flow. And although we go back to it next week, I think it was a good way to just kind of like utilize our bye week in a productive yet fun way. So really good stuff with the outline yet again. I appreciate it. And I, I'm sure everyone enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed kind of prepping and hosting it. Yeah, no, this is a fun episode. Uh, I'm glad that's what we got to do during the bye week, right? And not get too serious yet with, with the end of the season underway after this week. But hopefully everybody enjoyed and, you know, we'll be right back next week and previewing the Philadelphia Eagles and seeing how the Bears can, you know, contend with a, a Super Bowl contender there. But it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Glad to do it with you every week, Will. And yeah, looking forward to next week as well. Whoop. All right. Well, hey, before we leave, uh, don't forget you can sign up uh, and join us at the tailgate before the Bears take on the Eagles next week. Hop on over to allcshow.com slash diehard. Become a diehard today. Join that Discord. Get all your awesome perks like the discounts on merch and so much more. The website, the webpage has all the details outlined for you. Definitely check it out. We'd love to have you become a diehard and join this growing community here at CHGO. But that's going to do it for us here this week. Hope you enjoyed all of our bi-week content. We're going to take this weekend to kind of relax, as you've heard, enjoy some time with some family, and then just get ready for this final stretch of games. Thanks to Sarah, our awesome producer in the back end, to help us out with these graphics and putting some things up here on the back end. We really do appreciate all your help. I uh, hope everyone has a great weekend. Talk to you next week uh, for Monday night. But until then, bear down, Chicago.